there's a moment where we have to say, yeah, this is who we're going to follow. This is what we're going to be about. The scripture today shares that moment for somebody named Matthew. It's found in the book of Matthew. And yes, it is a call story of this disciple of Jesus. So I invite you to hear Corolla share this brief scripture with you and listen to this engagement between Matthew and Jesus and listen to the teaching that comes right after the call for what it might be saying to us all today. Corolla? As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he got up and followed him. And as he sat at dinner in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came and were sitting with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard this, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Corolla. Would you join with me in a moment of prayer? Call our name, Lord. We want our name to be known. We want to be known by you. And yet so often we don't have the opportunity or take the time to listen to you call our name. Today, Lord, call our name. Speak to each one of us individually and to this group together so that in the callings that we receive, our future would be revealed, our steps for today be made clear, and our spirits lifted to the understanding that we are called people. So I offer the words in my mouth and thoughts of all of our hearts and minds today so that they might become one way that you might use to call our name. It is in your name that we pray and dare to do this endeavor. Amen. I wonder how his day started. Breakfast. And then likely a walk through the village streets that he'd walked his entire life to his work. Was he looking forward to the day or was he dreading it? He was a tax collector, so really how much fulfillment would you think he would have on any work day? Particularly as he went to work knowing that he was collecting taxes from people to give to a very suspect government being led by a tyrannical ruler. Not a lot of giggles in his day, I would imagine. But it was a job. We went to go do it. And then in the course of the day, Scripture tells us Jesus came along. The Jesus who had just healed a paralytic man, and upon the healing stood next to the man and invited him to stand up and walk. The Jesus who was starting to draw attention to himself. People were coming to him. Some came for healing, like the paralytic man. Some came for hope, some out of curiosity. 
And amidst all those who were coming to him, Jesus had gone out and selected a few to be his disciples, those who would be the closest to him through his entire journey, those who would be witnesses of all he had to say and do, those who would be the ones that he would teach so they could, in their own time, teach others. Those who came together, intentionally called by him so they could make a deep connection with him and with each other. So in the days to come when things were tough and things were joyous, they had community that would be a support and blessing to them. And Jesus sent them out. He sent them out so that they could do the work, yes, but he sent them out so they could learn how later to send out others to fulfill the mission of Christ. But the circle was not yet complete. He needed one more. He selected Matthew. And maybe Matthew saw him coming down the way. After all, like I said, it's probably not a very large neighborhood, small streets, you know the kind. Probably the route is there's a small crowd with Jesus, because like I said, he's attracting crowds. So Jesus would have been seen from a ways off. And likely, you know how word gets around in a small town, he would have heard about Jesus, opinions about Jesus, thoughts about Jesus from others. But when Jesus came by Matthew, he didn't just go by, he stopped, looked at Matthew and said, follow me. It's that I expect that Matthew wasn't prepared for. Usually when we get that call, we're not prepared for it. Sometimes it seems to come out of the blue the way Jesus calls us. But maybe it was an easy decision for Matthew, too. I mean, consider this. He could have one of two choices. He could stay stuck in a job for which he was reviled, which brought him no joy, or he could leave to go on an adventure. Maybe that's why he just got up and left. Some jobs are easier to get up and leave, amen? And some callings are easier to say yes to. That night, as they stopped for supper, there were amidst those who were following Jesus, those religious authorities who always seemed to be on the outside, looking in, never getting deep into it, but able to stand on the edge of the circle and cast doubt. The religious on this night threw shade at Jesus and his disciples by asking, why are you with them? They're the ordinaries. They're the sinners. They're the people without standing or power or wealth or influence. How are they going to help your cause? Why would you dare hang out with people like them? And Jesus' response that night was actually a teaching lesson that I expect very few got that night. It's a teaching lesson some of us are still struggling with. It's simple. In the imagery of him being one who heals, he didn't come for those who are already well. He came for those who needed their life put back together. He came for those who needed hope. He needed those who needed justice. He came for those who needed salvation. He came for them. He came for them all. He came so that everyone regardless of station or standing or politics or wealth or health or anything else, could receive salvation and then in turn be those who would share salvation with others. He came 
so that he could sit at a table where there were no labels or barriers. He wanted to come into a place, a kingdom, where everyone was welcome to come and eat together, no exceptions. That's why he sat with them. So we would understand later on, so his disciples would understand, this is not an exclusive club. And for that, he came to teach them not only that that's what he wanted, but he made it possible because he first lived it out by giving his life. His teaching, yes. His example, yes. But actually, literally, his life. He died so that what he wanted could be made possible. This month, the entire month of October, we're going to be taking a look at generosity's gifts, taking the next step. But we begin today by making this perfectly clear. Jesus came to give all he was and all that he had so that we could receive and in turn share the gifts of generosity with others. Generosity begins by being those who receive that which we could never have on our own. That's certainly what Jesus was about. It's what he called his disciples to live and do and share. And we are now in turn called to create space, extend invitations that others too might come to a common table, welcomed, loved, equal. Now, of course, Matthew, on the night he heard this lesson, was not equipped to do this thing. I mean, he had just been called that morning. It takes a long time to figure out how to live the way Jesus wants us to live. So he began following Jesus. He began learning from Jesus so that one day he could teach. He began growing in his connection with the disciples so that he would have a community to hold him accountable and lift him up and support him and strengthen him. He served. Because only in service do we begin to understand that it's when we serve that we are at our best and we find the greatest joy. You don't know that initially. You have to be taught it, experience it, do it. Learn, connect, serve. At the table on that night of Matthew's calling, he was invited to begin to learn and connect and serve as a disciple of Jesus Christ. And today, in this moment, I want to extend this invitation to each and every one of you. You are invited to come and share this truth, to come and learn this, to come and teach each other, learn, connect, serve. That's the discipleship pathway at Clarkson United Methodist Church. Why? Because it is what Jesus taught us to do. It seems to be that his primary focus was the disciples, to teach them, to help them connect, and to send them out to go serve. In the Generosity Gifts Daily Devotional book that we passed out last week, and if you don't have one yet, please pick one up as you leave today from worship. It was written by Megan and myself and Scott McKenzie for you to have at your discipleship walk in this month. I mean, it's free for you. Just pick one up. But in this past week, we've been talking about the fact that we are called to connect, learn, and serve with each other in this faith, and we have to learn how to do it. Some of us are more gifted in one area or the other, but we're not gifted in all of them, and we have to learn how to do this together. To impact the world the way Jesus called us to, we need the chance to learn what Jesus wanted to teach us. We need to find deep connection with others so that we will find a way to make a hospitable space in this place for a lonely world. We serve not only because there is work to do, but because we learn from Jesus is when we serve, we're at our best. 
Some of you may remember that you picked up earlier this in the fall um, this catalog. Do you remember the catalog? They're still out there if you don't have one. In it is divided all kinds of opportunities for you to learn, serve, and connect. And I decided today I better make this very clear. This is not an events calendar for when you have some extra time. This is a map, an invitation for you to figure out what you need to do next in your walk with Jesus to grow, to understand. Do you need to learn? Do you need to find friends? Do you need to use your talents to serve others? It's a discipleship pathway, and I invite you to pick it up and look at it again because some of you looked at it a week or two ago and haven't looked at it since. I invite you to look at it again this week. Where's God asking you to go next? In this congregation, we have a lot of people who do a lot of things. We have some people who are very strong leaders. We have some people who are very strong servants. We have people who like to do the classes. And what I want to do is mix you all up. I want to get those who love to lead to spend more time learning their Bible. I want to get those who love to serve to spend more time learning their Bible. I'm going to hit this point a lot. You need to know your Bible. you got to know what Jesus said before you go out and do and be who Jesus called you to be. And there's ample work for us all. And I don't care whether you're singing in the choir, handing out bulletins, working in the coffee shop, uh, working the soundboard, uh, going to a Bible study class, working in the nursery right now, or one of a hundred thousand things you can be doing in the life of this church. All of those are both gifts that you give and lessons God is teaching you. I am at my best when I am serving. And I also find my greatest joy. You maybe heard Paul several months ago stand up here and give his witness about sleeping bag for the homeless. I won't retell the story, but simply to say this, it was in service that Paul found his greatest joy. I also asked Paul and Ann to come up here and talk today because not only do they have a long witness in the life of this congregation, but I'm sitting down talking with them. And I confessed to them that I didn't know that I was going to ask them originally. I was actually had a list of other names in front of me, but then I did this prayer thing. I, I stopped and asked God who I should ask. And Paul and Ann's name came up in front of me, and I thought, well, God, that's a pretty good name. So I asked them, but I didn't know really why I was asking them. I sat down with them this past week to talk about this morning, and they started to share with me all the stuff they're doing right now in the life of the church. I mean, they've been here 52 years. They ought to be able to take it easy and not do much, right? No! No! You don't get to amen that! Because when do you stop learning enough? When do you stop serving enough? When do, you not, when do you have all the connection you need that you no longer care about the connection that others have? It's our calling forever. So they're still going to Bible study classes. And they're still going to bunco night. And they're still doing activities because they've come to understand this calling is a way of life for all of life, for all of us. Follow me, Jesus said. He didn't say for the next three years or even the next 52. Today, 
21 people from this congregation in pursuit of trying to learn and connect are over in Greece. Reverend Hal is not here because he's leading them through Greece right now. They stopped off in Italy, and yesterday we're in Rome walking where Paul was. Because we understand that any way you can learn is a good way to learn about Jesus. So they're walking the path of the Apostle Paul in Greece and what he did and how he wrote those letters and how he built those churches. And also because we believe that this religion that we practice is not simply an American religion. It's a world religion. So let's go learn how they share faith in Greece and around the world with other Christian brothers and sisters. That's why together we gather today on this Worldwide Communion Sunday because we are in union with all Christians around the world. Political differences are completely irrelevant in the body of Christ. Follow me, he said. In a few minutes, we're going to invite Brenda Dupree to come forward, and you're going to pray for her because she and a group of other Michigan Methodists are going over to Liberia very soon, because we have a covenant relationship with Liberia, one that's been established for many years. And they're going to learn and serve in Liberia, just as this past week, uh, Dr. Chris Henna, who's Liberian-born, was here telling us about her mission work in, 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 the, in Liberia. She graduated with a medical education from a school in Russia, but was denied her diploma and deported for refusing to sign an atheist commitment. She became a Methodist and developed her framework for the Liberian Health Education Initiative, which became Healthy Women, Healthy Liberia, and she now passionately serves there, and she was here this past week to tell her story. Why do we care about that? Because we think Liberian Christians are as important as American Christians. And today they're coming to their communion table the same way we are, and we do that in spirit with them. Generosity's gifts begin at this table. Matthew heard a call, follow me, and he was invited immediately that night to join together at a table with a bunch of strangers. He realized pretty quick that there were some people who said you shouldn't join together with those people at that table. But guess what? <laughs> Jesus said, I didn't come here for you who have all the opinions. I came for you who are open to being healed. Come to the table, Matthew, so that you can receive this gift I'm going to give you. You didn't earn it because the best gifts we never earn. We just get them. And then we give them away. And it takes a while to figure out how to do that, to learn how to do that. I'm still learning how to do it. We're still learning how to do it, but we come to this table to be reminded and invited again. This past week, I walked through this building multiple times. I started on Monday morning. I walked into a bunch of seniors playing pickleball in the gym, then another group of sinners doing exercise. I said seniors. I didn't mean sinners. <laughs> potato, potato. Anyway... Bunch of seniors in the gym doing exercise in the afternoon. And then I walked in another time, the gym was filled with a bunch of junior high kids on an overnight with a bunch of adults who were there to teach them and love them the way of Jesus. I was in this building this week when we opened up our space to a family that was going through horrible grief with the tragic loss of a loved one because everyone's welcome here. 
I've been walking through this building throughout the entire week, watching people come and go and be served and learn and connect. We're not talking words here. We're talking description of community that Jesus wants us to have. That's why you're invited to come to this table, because here's where it begins. All of us who are lesser than, all of us who have need, all of us who stand with those who have needs, come and receive this grace. Come and be fed. Come and be welcomed, that we might too learn and connect and serve. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.